Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Francis Thompson was a great poet, and probably one of his greatest poems, in my regards, is entitled The Hound of Heaven. Now, this poem itself is an autobiography of Francis Thompson and his life, in which he runs away from God. He runs away from God in order to satisfy the desire that he had for love and happiness. And he felt that desire could only be satisfied in this world. And so he enters into the world. And in doing so, he tries to pursue this great desire for love and happiness that he feels only the world can give him. And in his pursuit of this desire, he runs away from God. Now, despite his attempt to flee God, God pursues him. And Francis Thompson uses the great metaphor of God as the hound of heaven because of God's constant pursuit of Francis Thompson. The more Francis Thompson speeds ahead, he hears the footsteps of God behind him quicken its pace. No matter where Francis Thompson goes in this world, God is in pursuit of him. No matter how fast he runs, God runs even faster. Now, as you read this poem, and I encourage you to do that, it's probably can find it on Google, and it's a very short poem. In great detail, he gives us this vivid imagery of the pursuit, how God chases after Thompson with an unrelenting search. So it basically tells us of God's persistence and his intense love that he has for us all. Now, at the very end of the poem, God captures Francis Thompson. He catches up and captures him. And now Thompson is in fear of the punishment that is awaiting him because he has ran away from God. But God then extends both of his arms and embraces Thompson. And see, it is then and only then that Thompson knows the love as well as the happiness that he wanted to receive from the world and never received, now he gets it. He now finds it in that loving embrace from God. And see, now, now we too follow that great example. Go to that first reading from Jeremiah. Here we all hear that classic call of Jeremiah to become a prophet of God. As God says to Jeremiah, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. Prophet to the nations, I appointed you. Well, it's the same thing. Here, God pursues Jeremiah, just like he did Francis Thompson in each and every one of us. He pursues him. He knows that Jeremiah is going to be a great prophet. And before Jeremiah is even conceived in the womb, God knows Jeremiah. He looks out in the future and he knows Jeremiah's potential. And before Jeremiah is even born, he tells him what he is going to do and what he's going to accomplish. 
Now, I think God does that for each and every one of us. This is how God intimately knows us all. Before we ever existed, before we were even conceived in the womb, God knows each and every one of us. And therefore, he knows our potential. Before we are even born, he knows our potential for living out our faith. And we do that. We live out our faith in many different ways, whether it's a mom or a dad, grandpa, grandpa, aunt, uncle, cousin, whether it's a plumber or carpenter or police officer, firefighter, doctor, whatever it is, we live out that calling. Because when we do that, we now are living out the person that God created us to be, the person God initially intended us to be before we were even born. And when we do that, we then give glory to God. Now, what's not contained or what you don't hear in this first reading is Jeremiah's response to God. Jeremiah first says to God, no, I can't do it. He says, you know, I'm only 13, 14 years old. No one's going to listen to me. I'm just a kid. Now realize, during the time of Jeremiah, it was a patriarchal society. You know, only men and men of, you know, existing years, elderly men, were looked upon as people that had wisdom or were leaders within the community. And therefore, the people looked up to them. And Jeremiah knows this. That's why he says, I'm only a teenager. No one's going to listen to me. I'm a ruddy old kid. But God says, no, I know what you can do. I know your potential. What's required of Jeremiah? Trust. Trust and have faith. Well, the same thing holds true with us. You know, God looks at us, and before we were even born, he dedicated us to live out our faith, you know, to deepen our faith by serving him in many different ways, the way God calls us to serve him. And so, what can we do? Just like Jeremiah, we trust. We place our complete trust in God, knowing that if God knows that I can be successful at what he wants me to be, I'll be it. Whether it's a nurse or a librarian, whether it's a secretary or whoever it is, mom or dad, if God knows I can do it, then I can do it. I trust in that. Now, that's a great segue into the gospel. In the gospel, we hear Jesus. Again, he's at the very beginning of his ministry. He's in the synagogue, and he tells the people exactly who he is. And the people, they don't recognize it. In fact, they refuse to believe that he truly is the anointed one, the Messiah. That's why they ask that question. Is he not the son of Joseph, the carpenter? You know, is he not the one that has been with us in our village and has lived with us? Now, you have to realize, Jesus is speaking very eloquently. He is speaking as if he were trained for many years, you know, as a person or a student of a rabbi. Someone that is very well-educated. Someone that has been trained, you know, to understand the law, the Torah, the prophets, has come to understand the rituals of the Jewish people. And see, Jesus is speaking as if he knows all those things. In fact, he's speaking very eloquently, as if he's trained to. And yet the people are very skeptical of this. Why? Because Jesus was never trained to do this. They never saw Jesus go off to school. They never saw Jesus, you know, learning underneath a rabbi. They saw him learning with Joseph, 
you know, a trade uh, as carpenter. He never had a formal education. So it doesn't make sense for them, for Jesus to know all these things and then to speak so profoundly and eloquently about them. So that's why they are so, you know, hesitant about believing who he is. They are so surprised at what is coming out from his mouth. That's why they refuse to believe in him. More to it, that's why at the very end, Jesus counters them and he says to them that, you know, a prophet is not believed in his own native place. And therefore, they get angry with him. Now, what is really going on here? Well, the people make the mistake of knowing who Jesus is. Why? Because sometimes when God is ever more close to us, we have the potential of not really seeing him for who he is. I'll give you a great example of this. The French painter Delacroix. Delacroix painted a painting called or entitled The Road to Emmaus. Now, it's a very powerful painting. When you look at the painting, it's very dark. The room that Jesus is in is incredibly dark. In fact, the only light that's in the room is emanating from Jesus. A halo surrounds Jesus as he essentially consecrates the Eucharist. He breaks the bread before the two men on the road to Emmaus. Now, what is so interesting is De La Croix paints a staircase right behind Jesus. And coming down the staircase is a person that turns their head away from Jesus. In fact, turns their entire back to Jesus. And therefore, essentially ignores not only Jesus, but the miracle that he is performing as far as consecrating the bread into the body of Christ. Now, I think De La Croix intentionally painted this painting to warn us, really warn us, that it doesn't make a difference how close Christ can be within us. We still will not be able to see him if we're not being the person God created us to be. You know, it's not enough to say that I'm a Catholic and then just go about our own business. Living a life that is in accords with the teachings of the church or a life that is contrary to the teachings of the church. I would point to Pope Benedict. Pope Benedict, on his last World Youth Day, and I forget where it was, he said to the kids at Mass, he said, in order to be it, you got to do it. In order to be it, you got to do it. Now, I thought that was incredibly profound, and he explained what he meant. He said to the kids, in order to really be a Catholic, you got to be able to do things as a Catholic. Catholicism requires a level of doing. It requires a level of participation. And he said, right here, right now, is the most important way we can do it. We can participate as a Catholic, you know, by coming to Mass every week. And see, that had a profound effect on the kids at that day as well as me, and is so true. In order for us to truly call ourselves Catholic, then we've got to do it. We've got to participate as a Catholic in the life of the church. And it comes from coming to Mass every week, praying every day, being good stewards of the gifts we've been given, performing the corporal and charitable works of mercy. In order for us to be it, we've got to do it. In order for us to be Catholic, we got to participate as Catholics. Well, I think that's what the scripture readings are all about. The call of Jeremiah, Jesus and the gospel, 
You know, those are all ways in which we recognize we are called. You know, before we were even born into this world, God saw our potential and he saw what we could be. What we have to do, live into that person that God created us to be. And in order for us to do it, we have to be it in order for us to do it. We've got to be Catholics and be Catholics, which means we participate in the life of the church. First and foremost, by coming to Mass. And see, that's what the readings teach us. That is the clear message. You know, Christ can be very near to us, but if we're not being the person that God created us to be, we're just going to be like that painting, the person coming down the staircase. We're going to turn our back on God. And therefore, we can say it, but we're not going to be able to do it. Well, we've got to be able to follow the words of the call of Jeremiah. Answer that call. Each and every day of our life, you know, God is calling us to be the person he created us to be. And see, when that happens, then we are able to be it. Be Catholics and able to do it. Participate in the life of the church. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.